we're talking about our first official movie of 2020 on the Bad About Movies podcast. Finally. Hey, no. No, Richard. We're not not done talking about 2019 yet. This is kind of a teaser for that, uh, for 2020. But, uh, yeah, we've still got a lot of uh, 2019 talk left here on the show. We're going to get together this weekend and record our uh, best and worst of the year list, our much anticipated best and worst rants and raves episode. I'm looking forward to that. Highly looking forward to that. And uh, we've got our Oscars post game show too, right after the Oscars, and and we'll we'll dive into all of the Oscars talk and what went right, what went wrong about the 2019 year. But also I guess, one other thing for 20, we should say going into 2020, we've we've let Brian go. Yeah, <laughs> we'll bring him back for 2019 talk, but any 2020 movie, yeah, yeah he's out. Yeah, it's kind of awkward how we're doing it, but it was. you know, it was could have been handled <laughs> gracefully, but yeah. you know these stupid. Uh, limited release man really screw with us so <laughs> it did yeah <laughs> it's, it's making it a weird weird friendship that's for sure but uh yeah man it's it's gonna be good to finish up 2019 officially and say goodbye to that year and officially move on into 2020 but like i said this is kind of a teaser for the year um our first official movie that we're talking about for 2020 and not a moment too soon for bad boys three Weirdly titled Bad Boys for Life, which uh, one of our Discord members have pointed out that. Uh, shout out to the Discord people at madaboutmoviespodcast.com slash VIP. People who join us over there after the show, before the show, and all time uh, to, dis- to discuss movies, uh, show happenings, things like that. It's been a good time. So if you want to enjoy that with us, it's madaboutmoviespodcast.com slash VIP. And we just dropped our Shutter Island episode for those people, too in honor of 10-year anniversary of that. So that was a good time. And so be sure and check that out if that interests you. So, like I said, Bad Boys for Life, the third Bad Boys movie. Um, it comes on the heels of Bad Boys 2. They really mailed it in with that, uh, that title of that movie, didn't they? In <laughs> retrospect, they could, should go back, fix that one. Yeah, like could I'll be missing bad. you. They could go, I'll be missing you. They could go, what were some other big... Puff Daddy songs of the era. That's the only one I know. Is uh, <laughs> I mean, if you're going to play with numbers, the you notorious could just go on Two bad, one. two boys, right? Two bad, two boys. Yeah. <laughs> it, the, what we t- we talked about in our throwback of Bad Boys, all about the Benjamins. That's what it should have been. Oh, okay. <laughs> it should have been Bad Boys Two. It's all about the Benjamins. That been. Yeah. But that would have conflicted with the movie All About the Benjamins too. So don't want to. Yeah, don't want to conflict. We got to make sense in this universe at all times. Um, no way out. The, was a great the thing record, about though. we talked about uh, Bad Boys and our throwback to Bad Boys on our VIP feed. So if you want our thoughts on the original Bad Boys, you can check that out. But we said in that episode, it's actually amazing that Bad Boys is not spelled with a Z, considering how many. <laughs> yeah. Considering when the movie came out, mid nineties, like you know, somebody in the in the, the old conference room and the marketing was like, guys, I got a great idea. You know what they were doing? Kids are doing nowadays. They're spelling things with a Z. So what if we did bad boys, B O Y a Z. They're like, get the heck out of here. Get the heck out. You're fine. And that guy clearly was wrong. Thank, thankfully. But it's, it's amazing with all the, how, how nineties bad boys is that it wasn't bad boys with a Z and they were stuck with that forever. And we would have got bad boys, for life with a f- number four, you know, I'm, just, I'm surprised that that didn't happen. Yeah, but yeah they they were casting their chips early. Yeah, with the with the third one being Bad Boys for Life, and now that they've greenlit a fourth one after the weekend that this one had, that they're going to have to go back to the drawing board. So, <laughs> like Richard said, they're going to have to go back through every Puff Daddy album to figure out what they're going to name the fourth Bad Boys film. Or <laughs> DJ Khaled might have some ideas of, of where mm-hmm. they could start with this. Bad Boys. He, he we the best. The That's what it's called, yeah. Actually, you know what? If we're going to turn to DJ Khaled, he's already got it on lock. It'll just be called Bad Boys. Another one. Oh. Oh, there you go. They're done. That's actually You're what welcome. it's going to be called, yeah. I can I can totally see that being it. So, Shane. Shane's always got your yeah, hand They're mailing the you a check. Sony's totally mailing you Of hip-hop. Because when you think of me, yeah, you really think of me I having know. my finger on the pulse of hip-hop. and mm-hmm. I've always yeah. said that. <laughs> we Ever are. Since I found you in that recycling dumpster with your blonde chili bowl, <laughs> I was like, "This guy is the new Torre." 
You uh, that dulcet tone you're hearing is uh, is Batman Shane. Um, like we said, Brian is not here. He has a uh, the old laryngitis and can't speak, and which is something you need to be able to do yeah. to do a podcast. We tried to do an episode once with him signing. Yeah, it, and it we didn't had come a, across at all. We had a translator, but he it, he turns out he he's he does not know ASL, so that was that was tough. You know what we ought to get? We ought to get Brian one of those like Stephen Hawking voice machines. Oh, that'd be cool. <laughs> I love Star Wars. Take him a long time Chewbacca. to type out his yeah. sentences and sitting there for four and a half minutes waiting for him to finish typing. And then I and consider like, Chewbacca a sex symbol. <laughs> Just be that. Yeah, he, yeah, you're right, Ken. He like types for four minutes and then all you get back is like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> what? What? Uh, yeah, it would be hard on me, the editor. So, yeah, wish Brian some good luck. If you're, if you're yeah. out there, you want to tweet him and say, we miss you and... No more Batman Shane, then go for it. But you know. it's when he gets for screaming at kids on his lawn. Exactly. <laughs> Worth it. <laughs> Worth it. Okay, so Bad Boys for Life. Like uh, we said, the, the, the third Bad Boys movie, and um, not going to be the last for sure. This movie made $75 million <laughs> at the weekend box office, the four day or three day, I should say, weekend box office here with Martin Luther King Day being the Monday. So, yeah, from Thursday night until Monday, $75 million for, for this movie. That uh, is quite impressive. I, I did not see that coming. I would have, if, if, you know, this would have been last week and we were making predictions, I probably would have said ceiling $50 million. Yeah. Like, I thought it was smart yeah. to make it because this, in this age of rebooting everything, right, There's this has an audience. Um, there's fa- tons of fans of this that people grew up with it that are now of age and stuff. So like, I get, but I, even I thought this overdid what I even thought. I was like, okay, I see. But the, the budget wasn't crazy. I was like, okay. And then, wow, well, oh, this was a big hit. I mean, they they might greenlight two more of these if they can. I mean, it's the only. It, it literally is the best thing Will Smith has going right now, which is well, depressing. Yeah. Well, you didn't. <laughs> you didn't see Gemini Man all the yeah. way through. You <laughs> left five minutes in, and that's he is well producing. He got, Avenue he got booted from Suicide five. Squad, right? He's not going to yeah. be in the new one. The James, yeah, yeah. So you're yeah. right, Richard. This is like you better hold on to this franchise for dear life. He's got the. Um, I mean, it's not not a franchise. He's got the uh, Richard Williams movie, the King Richard movie next year. Uh, biopic, which people are soon to be excited about, but I, I don't, you know, you're not going to make six of those. And I don't, I don't know. Unless you make one for each major, you could do like an Australia Open one for <laughs> Richard Williams. It's very odd, you know, not to get off topic too much, but we do have Batman Shane here about James Gunn doing the Suicide Squad or whatever, and the fact that they're trying to make it like the original, like by bringing some of the people back, like Harley Quinn's going to be in it. And they brought Jai Courtney back because of course you bring him Star back power. when you get the chance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're calling it the new Jai Courtney. Ken. <laughs> yeah. It's I mean, just called the Jai Courtney mm-hmm. movie for 2021. That's what <laughs> the, the untitled working Jai title. Courtney yeah. Project, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's uh you would think that they would try to distance themselves from that movie instead of, taking what works and redo that because only, you know, people are going to see this and be like, Oh, wasn't that like two years ago? You know, the original one. And it just feels like James Gunn would have a different vision for that than trying to take what David Ayer attempted to do and, and making that work. I don't know. You know, it's obviously a long way away, but I just find, I just find that odd that they insisted on like taking the elements that worked from the original Suicide Squad and rebooting that instead of just rebooting it all together. But uh, rebooting it all together, yeah. I mean, I, I look. We've talked. I mean, we talked back when the movie came out that I think Suicide Squad is essentially hot garbage. But there were a few things about that movie that worked, and I think that James Gunn is probably picking the things that he liked or the things that he thought he could work with. Um, you know, and he's kind of working that into his version of the story. So I do think that when that movie comes out, it's going to feel. Um, very different than the first movie. Uh, I Hopefully. think the only thing that's going to really hold it together is you're going to have some of the same characters. But I bet the characters are going to have different looks. They're going to kind of act differently. So basically, he's just kind of cherry-picking what he wanted, and he's going to scrap all the rest. Well, he hasn't seen Birds of Prey yet, so he doesn't know. <laughs> he thinks he knows what he wants until 
till that thing comes out and changes everybody's mind. I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic for that. I, I actually, Margot Robbie was the best part of the Suicide Squad, or the original one. It wasn't even close, in my opinion. But you're right. This is the best thing Will Smith has going yeah. for him. And it's his most it, viable franchise right now. Yeah, and, and it seems like Day. Yeah. this movie is, you know, it's not too difficult to reboot this. In, no. in all honesty, I mean, all you got to do is will smith and martin lawrence have to be friends in it and there has to be action that's really the only template there is to to do this it's not like there's very many elements that they had to hold over from the original and there are story elements and characters that uh, are related to the original but it doesn't this isn't something that need needed an entire uh, complete reset you know and they made this thing with a little bit better of a vision yeah they made. I mean, they won't do this because it's made money. But they made this thing for ninety million, and uh, they probably could have made it for seventy. Whereas you can't do that with Independence Day or, or another uh-huh. Will Smith property. So I, right. it's a pretty. Yeah. It's you know you can make this. Uh, it was a little smaller scale than other things, so it doesn't have to be a billion dollar movie right. to be successful like other things do. You can't make just hit singles. Will don't worry about hitting home runs. Just hit singles. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. He's had a lot of hit singles. Hey. Oh, I see what you did there. <laughs> yeah, but you, you know what I mean? Like, this is just a nice little single double. That's fine. Mm-hmm. This is how he needs to rebuild his career, movies like this. But, like, you know, taking these big, big Gemini Man swings is probably not the way to go. Mm-hmm. You can't. I mean, in this day and age, you cannot make Legend of Bagger Vance 2 for less than $175 million. There's just I mean, no it's way. just not. There's just no way to, yeah. And once, Matt Damon, once that's Matt Damon question, alone. Yeah. Matt Damon alone, and then, you know. <laughs> Do we know if nah, he's, uh, if Will Smith bailed on Bright 2? Because aren't they do? Isn't no, Netflix I think Max Landis got Me too and then that killed that, maybe. Yeah, uh, maybe. I don't know. I thought that I'd heard that they were going to move on without Max Landis, but I, but mm. uh, who knows? That's been two well, years. I fr- yeah, person. maybe I think Joel Egerton was the only one that had agreed to come back for that. The Orc Cop. Ugh. <laughs> We could really like that, that process. Imagine going through that level of prosthetics. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Movie. Like, yeah, that's like that had to have been a painstaking three hours every morning, and he wants to come back for that. But okay, whatever you do, you Joel Egerton doesn't have a lot going on, so he needs that Netflix money, that franchise money. You know, that residual isn't bad, and that was a you know Will Smith was really trying to break back in. To people's hearts and minds, when Bright was uh, in development and being produced, so it seems a lot crazier now than it did then. That Will Smith did that, you know, and right, and now he he feels like he's at the place where he can kind of pick and choose a little bit more, hopefully. But this put Will Smith on an absolute mountain. I mean, this is exactly what he needed, and I, you know, I felt bad for the guy. Last year, you know, the blue being in blue makeup for or whatever it is for Aladdin and and Gemini Man was just was a disappointment on most fronts, you know. And but it seems like the kind of movie that we want from Will Smith. So at the same time, it's it's tough for us to review it because it's like those are the kinds of projects he should be doing. It just didn't work out for him, you know. So you feel bad right. for him in that yeah. sense. You know, you can only like make so many John men in blacks, you know, right, yeah. and, and you can only return to the well so many times, so to speak. And that was a something new and but seemed certainly in the wheelhouse of, of what Will Smith brings to the table. And and that's disappointing that it, it, it didn't work out for him. But this is, you know, if you're going to return to the well, this is the this is the well you should go back to. Uh, it's good to see. It's good to see Will Smith being Will Smith again, being the charismatic action star that he is, and and it's good to see Martin Lawrence again too in a movie. Man, I loved me some Martin back in the day. I, I remember going and vividly going and seeing Black Knight in the theater and just being so oh, disappointed by that. I was like, so Martin Lawrence was like, I don't know, my top three comedians at the time. It was like Adam Sandler, Jim Carrey, were you Carrey, a big, Ma- and were you a big Mama's House guy? Uh no, not really. Okay. I have a, Just Black Richard, I have a, mm-hmm. I have a vague <laughs> recollection of you and I and a few other people going to see Blue Streak. And I, I remember, remember that like, one. Yep, that was and one. I remember laughing hysterically at that movie. But, yep. but who, who knows how well that's aged. I haven't seen it in probably 15 years. So, 
Yeah, Martin Lawrence had a had quite a run late nineties or that is Chappelle in it too. Was it Chappelle in Blue Streak? Also? I think so. I think so. Yeah. I, I don't feel like I've Chappelle seen yet. him in anything maybe since that. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. I have not seen Martin Lawrence in something yeah, in a he long time. Just and I I think it was kind of his choice too. I think he went away. I don't know if he went away for like kids or what, but he did a he did a Big Mama's movie in 2011, which was. I don't think well received, and then really since then he did he hasn't anything since uh, the Beach Bum was his first movie between that and this. So he's been off pretty much for eight years, and they did that stand up film in 2016. Mm-hmm. I remember that was like a big comeback. But yeah, like seriously, his last uh, four big movies were Wild Hogs, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Welcome Home, Roscoe Jenkins. Um, Death at a Funeral, the remake of that with Chris Rock, and then this. There's a, I mean, that's a long, that's over 10 years. That's amazing. Yeah, it, yeah. it seems like... Yeah, that's got to be on him doing it, right? Like I said, it seems by choice, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't think that anybody was kicking Martin Lawrence out of Hollywood. I think he probably just wanted to take a step back for a while for, for reasons yeah, I Yeah, maybe know, he's got but. kids. He might have kids that he wanted to hang out with and stuff. I mean, he had... Martin's still in repo- reruns all the time. Get, so. that, get syndication money, man. Yeah, he's fine. Syndication Where's money, that? you're good. Yeah, he's all good. So, yeah, good to see him. Good to see the the band back together, so to speak, and and great to see Michael Bay not behind the director's chair. Yeah, in this one, right <laughs> yeah. behind behind the camera in the director's chair, here, and here. and yeah, that that to me that that's. The biggest fault with the first two is that they're just they're so bay and they they just don't they don't take the story or the screenplay into consideration really at all when making them they're like okay is this a physical screenplay that can be read and said aloud okay we're gonna make this movie that seems to be the only requirement for them and the rest is just let's drive cars and blow things up and that's great to a certain extent but I do feel like when you're when you're going back to the well on something that hasn't you know, been made in, I guess, 17 years now the, mm-hmm. was the last one, I think people are going to see through that, really, or look for excuses to for it not to work. And so I feel like they really couldn't risk that with this. Um, and, you know, Will Smith has said that they've gotten tons of scripts over over the years and that this was the, the one that stuck out to them, I guess, the most was, was this one. And... Yeah. I've had multiple opportunities to make this movie, and and this is this was it. I guess they waited until Michael Bay signed a deal with Netflix and was busy making Six Underground for them to to make this because <laughs> I can't believe Michael Bay didn't make this movie. Or you know, I guess he's a producer of it or whatever. But you know, he's obviously in the movie too, which I found hilarious that he was what what is he like the uh, the MC of the. I had it written down here. He gives um, like a Toastmaster, introduces, Toastmaster yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, uh, but I, you know, there was a yeah. there was a, a version of this movie. I want to say about two three years ago, and I didn't. I don't. Re- I didn't really do much research, so my dates here could be a little bit wrong. But I know for a long period of time, Joe Carnahan was going to write and direct this movie. Um, and That's kind of interesting. Actually, kind of a good use of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I like and Joe Carnahan actually still gets story credit on the movie. Um, so there's a version of this script that they were using, and I I heard that uh, he and Will Smith kind of had a falling out because Will Smith didn't like the direction. <coughs> excuse me, he didn't like the direction that the uh, movie was going. So obviously Joe Carnahan was kind of let go, but yeah, I think in an alternate universe, Joe Carnahan would have been a really great writer and director for this project. I think he's pretty talented. And I think when he's given the right kind of source material, he can really, he can really do something cool. And he needs boundaries too. And, and an established, pre- you know, established franchise for him is, is a good, is a good boundary for him because yes. I, when he do, when he gets just a blank check, you end up with like smoking aces, you know, two right. or something. Um, exactly. But he, I heard he said he wanted he didn't want to work with Will Smith because he wanted to work with a grounded, um, sane movie star. So he's doing boss level right now with Mel Gibson. So I think that's a good choice. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know exactly what it was, but I know that they had some sort of creative differences or whatever, and Joe Carnahan walked away. But like I said, he obviously gets story credit here, so there's some elements of his script that worked their way into this movie. You know, in one way or another. Yeah, for sure. 
Yeah, maybe it's the. I guess it's a spoiler. <laughs> uh, not, I mean, I guess it's the connection to the original movie. Maybe you think. Yeah. How how Will Smith or Mike finds out that you know he he is a. Uh, the guy he's chasing is basically related to somebody he knew in the past, you know, and I don't want to get too spoilery into that, but maybe it's those elements, the connection to the original that I found very clever in this that they wanted to, to keep. And, and I like that. So, you know, I want to ask Richard that it yeah. seemed to me like they really were trying to make this like the new fast <laughs> series. Let's yeah. let, like, let's reboot this because we've got elements that we know people like. How can we totally reinvigorate that energy in a fun and positive way Absolutely. that makes people want to come back? And that really felt, it really feels like the best is yet to come with these. Honestly, maybe. Yeah. I mean, it could be a little bit of a twist, you know, like fast five was for that franchise going forward. I don't know. It's not quite that good. It's a better movie than I anticipated it being. Um, I liked the first Bad Boys films when I was when they were out, and then we rewatched them recently for a throwback we did, and I was like, "Man, these were like not that good." And then you throw in the fact that the, your leads are not in their prime anymore, and I was like, "I fully expected this to be like subst- one of you know yeah, sub cringe fest." Yeah, like, and it wasn't that. So I. I end up coming out of it with more of a positive review, probably more than the film deserves because it was just better than I anticipated it being. But I still don't know if it's good. It's kind of these are the hardest movies to review. But I I see your point, Ken. I don't think it really achieved that. Um, I think if it were to do that, you would almost have to introduce. You would have to have like The Rock in it as well, or something more, you know, Mm -hmm. fully um, and fully lean into that um, and and kind of change the. The, literally the chemistry of the universe, like like Fast Five did, but I I do I that that was definitely a conversation in some conference room of how do we fast this up? And by the way, as it should be, those are the biggest non like comic book or Star Wars movies that are made every, pretty much year in and year out. So that's that's not a dumb conversation to have. Um, they almost pulled it off, but not not quite. Well, I mean, in case in point, the entire opening sequence of this movie. Was was essentially kind of a lift from the opening sequence of Fast Six, right? Yeah, where Dom and and uh, uh, Brian are driving, you know, like maniacs down the freeway, and then the reveal is they're driving to get to the birth of Brian's son. Same thing here. It's like they're driving like maniacs in Miami, and then you're getting to the birth of uh, <coughs> of uh, Martin Lawrence's uh, grandson in the movie, uh, right? So same kind of opening, yeah. So clearly the producers and the directors and everybody were aiming for a fast vibe because uh, I mean they they were pulling stuff straight out of the franchise. I definitely felt elements of that, and it would not surprise me if if in Bad Boys Four they introduce maybe a third star, maybe like a like a Dwayne the Rock Johnson kind of star to this uh, for them to play off of, and and maybe carry the the franchise forward if they were to. Uh, hang them up after this but i can totally see the the template was used and i got the same feeling the same energy mm-hmm. of the fun not taking let's not take this thing too seriously vibe of of the fast series and they were able to to capture that energy here and, and i think it really worked well uh in this universe so we talked a little bit about uh about Martin Lawrence and, and Will Smith, I think this. I think the stuff that that worked best for me was the Martin Lawrence st- was like the Marcus and Mike becoming old and just having to deal with the the ammo people are just the new young hip cops, you know, and they're kind of the old school buddy cops, and it's this juxtaposition of. To me, it was a little bit meta of the old school Hollywood action buddy cop movies versus these new intelligent like oh we've got nanobots and we've got all these yeah all these kind of things analog versus digital like right classic. yeah exactly right. yeah. but I thought that worked beautifully in the movie without going too hard or too obvious with it right. And to me, that stuff worked the best. Where, yeah. where there was a few, I'm too old for this kind of uh-huh. stuff, but cliches. But you're right. On the whole, it uh, it, it, worked. it 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 didn't beat you over the head with it, right? It, what I thought worked really well is the genuine emotion 
from Martin Lawrence, and I never thought I would say those words on this show. But he was great in that first setup of Will Smith almost dying in the movie and him promising God, I'll clean my act up if you just save my friend. And then Will Smith ends up surviving, and then he has to go back into this business of capturing and shooting these bad guys. I, I just thought that that grounded this thing in kind of a reality that I didn't expect. Yeah, and it, it really worked from a an emotional standpoint that you don't expect from these movies. Like I say, said, you, you yeah. expect to go in and, and drive around and shoot things and laugh and leave. But I really felt the humanity in this movie. And it's kind of reminiscent. This will be a funny comp, but it's, it's similar to the Irishman, right? Where it's playing on the tropes of, of the movie in the Irishman's case, mafia films, in this case, buddy cop films, but with throwing in what those actual repercussions would be and how those characters would deal with it within that world is smart. Martin Lawrence is a better actor. I think than he's ever gotten credit for. There's a movie I've talked about it before. There's a movie called life with he and Eddie Murphy. Um, that's, not a great film, but it's a good film that's, that has some really great moments in it. Um, both of them are like you know incredible in it, and uh, it's a it, it, the, he's he's always I thought been a little bit undervalued because and you know he's playing Big Mama for half of his career, so I mean I, <laughs> I understand it. It's like you know we uh, that that's not always on the audience. Sometimes that's on the artists themselves, but he is he can you know and 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 I think always he was not ever a tenth of the star of Will Smith and he was a big star but Will Smith was at one point the biggest movie star in the world and that one point by the way was like seven years uh, but he was always able he's always was and is able to hold his own with Will Smith both both as a uh, charismatic partner and movie star but also as an actor mm-hmm. um, and he's he's He's, uh, you know, the guy from Martin when this starts, and he's a guy that hasn't had a movie in seven years when this ends, and he kind of still, you know, can, can carry his own with, with everything. So, yeah, I mean, he's he's an impressive person in that regard. This, And you're right about those scenes. Those could That is something that I don't know if Fast and Furious could do because they couldn't – they can't go that sincere. They always have to be winking. And when they did, this, it was a wink right. because it was the Paul yeah. Walker's. Well, yeah, I mean, like that yeah, was the, exactly. the, the, the most serious right. they got. And that was lovely. Was yeah. But that was, you know, but and that's that's you're dealing with real motion. But mm-hmm. but if you're dealing with, you know, uh, if, if Dom's really pouring his heart out to, uh, you know, whoever. Letty. Letty. Then it's they can't do that without the audience laughing. So you have to have kind of a wink there. And this was able to pull that off. Those kind of That's the strength of this film. I thought. Most of the lines where they weren't joking were good, and most of the lines where they were joking were bad. <laughs> yeah, the comedy in this script yeah. wasn't that. It, comedy this would have been yeah. better as a, just a drama, probably. <laughs> yeah, it could have been drama. a drama action. Yeah, action yeah. drama. You're right, with with elements of comedy instead yeah. of a straight up comedy. Yeah, Richard, I think I'm with you. Most of the jokes for me in this movie fell fairly flat. Totally, uh, but but the dramatic stuff worked really well. Yeah, I think the I think the best scene in the movie was the scene. <clears throat> um, towards the beginning after the wedding where you know Will Smith is going on and on about how okay we're going to we're going to settle back up we're going to get this guy and Martin Lawrence is saying no I'm I'm done man I'm retired and Will Smith kind of accuses him he says like you're just going to let this guy like that's it you're just going to walk out on me and Martin Lawrence has this like it's short it's like three or four lines but he has this monologue of like how dare you you know, like I sat by your bed for seven weeks or whatever mm-hmm. while you were in a coma. And you're, you're right, Richard. It was like he absolutely went toe to toe with Will Smith in many scenes. And I think he absolutely held his own emotionally and dramatically uh, in those scenes. For sure, man. It was good to see and a pleasant surprise for me. Definitely. Uh, I thought the villain of the movie, the, the son of Will Smith that he finds out later, was, was really scary, too. Just the way they used him, how he was kind of this DC sniper, <laughs> and it was just sniping random people throughout Miami, and they didn't know where he was, and I just thought that it was a really effective, non-Jeezy villain that kind of had a he had a real motivation for killing, and it didn't it wasn't too far fetched if that makes sense. It felt like a little bit real world in that regard. Did you guys feel the same in in terms of the? I guess his name. I don't know. I don't remember his character's well, name. But the hostile La Fuego guy. Yeah. 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 Go ahead, Shane. 
I mean, I, look, I agree with you 100%, Ken. I think that it was a smart choice to do that. But my only criticism was because the actor they got to play wasn't a major celebrity, once they reveal that it's his son, I kept thinking, really? You couldn't have found anybody who looks a little bit more like Will Smith? <laughs> like, he looked nothing like Will Smith. Yeah. Was I the only one that felt that? Yeah, no. They wanted Jaden, but he's uh, he was doing <laughs> hot air balloon art or something. He was, eating a, he was eating a cloud. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, a cloud. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. That's no, good. you're right. They, at least they didn't suncast it, so it was fine. But yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. Well, the they it wasn't uh, it wasn't like looking, looking at me. They could have just gotten young Will Smith from uh, Gemini Man. You know, <laughs> yeah, I hear he's just there's got to be some B roll. Yeah, there's got to be some B roll they could have worked in. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, yeah, like I said, it was good to see good to see that. Uh, like the the Toastmaster Michael Bay was was a little shocking but funny at the same time. Like if uh, like yeah, I said, if was he was going to be involved with this, I can't believe he wasn't like, "All right, if I'm doing this, I'm directing it, I'm making the money." I'm Well, I think it wasn't at his chosen studio, I think was probably the No, issue I with think that it too. was at this Sony. Is, yeah, uh, this, this is, is at outside Sony. of and he's got kind of an exclusive deal probably, so because he makes everyone were the original too much Bad Boys Sony Shane? Uh, yes, they are Sony yeah. films. Okay, so this is before he was in the Paramount. Umbrella. Yeah, I think Transformers was kind of his entrance into that, or was it was it something before that? No, I, I think know. it was Transformers. I don't. Yeah, think, I think that brought uh, him over to that. Yeah, but but I don't. I'm I'm not necessarily up on his current deal, but I mean he could be out of that deal because uh, he, you know he made Six Underground last year with Netflix. That's true. So, Maybe he's just kind of going studio to studio now. I know that he's or, or the deal might be old enough to where, you know, there's something different about Netflix with regard. It, it, you know, it, there might, it might be where you can't work for these six studios, and Netflix didn't exist when he signed it or something. Too, there's always weird right. stuff like that. I wonder if the rights were going to lapse for this, and the only reason they made it is to keep the rights. It really does feel the like, Spider, like the old a, Sony Spider-Man yeah, move. That a, is yeah, their move. It was a 25 year. <laughs> from the day of the original one or something. And then they're like, all right, we have to make, you know, it, it only less than 20 years go by. We, we're going to lose the rights. We've got to hey, make it's another make bad money. boys. It's going to make money. And so. they did it. And they, yeah, they, oh yeah, it's going to make money. It's going to be, it's going to be fine. I think it's going to win the weekend again, this weekend, uh, this coming weekend. So, so we'll have to see there, but yeah, it seems like a smart idea for them to, to go ahead and reboot this. Okay. And they went head to head with, with, too little. I mean, just no fear. <laughs> you know what? It's probably they probably did have a lot of fear to begin with. I thought that might have had a chance if that movie yeah. was decent. I think it it, it would have made. I mean, Doolittle made thirty million dollars. That's it cost. I don't know, two hundred million or something crazy. Um, that is going to be a whole other conversation that we have to have. And Brian saw that one, and so maybe solo up for Brian on. We'll do little talk if y'all want that, but but yeah, this one did win the weekend, and so here we are, and that's why it is our chosen movie yeah. of the week. The only thing that's coming out next weekend is or it's coming weekend is the gentleman that could have mm-hmm. a shot. I don't, I don't think, think so. No, I don't, I don't think, think it's beating this. No, I agree. Um, okay, so we dive back into this movie. It, it's funny. It's kind of in the trailer, but there's that, that, the way they play it out with the smashed car and. Them driving the smashed car cracked me up. <laughs> you know? uh, I love that. Uh, the also the genuine emotion of their captain being shot down too. The original captain Joe Pantaleone, yeah, he he's great and it's shocking to see him get sniped out of nowhere in this movie too. And that that was some more genuine emotion there. That really worked well to to drop some some drama in the movie. And then they go to the Zillion Club and they have a a big sequence in the in the club. There was a funny funny bit with Martin Lawrence not realizing he's on walkie and then talking about some really personal <laughs> stuff that I thought was really funny. And the way he plays that is is hilarious. Uh, my favorite scene in the movie was the one where they're on the airplane and <laughs> and he's trying. Martin Lawrence comes and tries to chase him down, chase Mike down because he's going to go to to Mexico to try to find his son and prove to him that he's his dad and try to turn him and all this stuff. And 
he's like, I'm not going to let you do that. And he goes, he goes, it sits behind him on the airplane and they're talking about all this messed up stuff and all the passengers are like really scared. And yeah, because he goes, he goes, we fly together, fly together, die, die together. together. And he's like, okay, I can see why y'all would get upset about that one. Yeah. I didn't mean it. He's like, man, can I just switch chairs with you? Or <laughs> that whole thing was great. How, they, how that played out. I liked that a lot. So, man, there were really, there were a lot of fun elements in this one. And I thought the action held up great. And, you know, they, they didn't push it too far. They didn't get too outlandish with it. It was just some good old school car chasing, some good old school gunfighting, and I thought for the most part it it hit all the marks that it intended to hit. And I, I can't think of maybe something that that disappointed me with this movie. Believe it or not, uh, I thought the comedy did. For yeah, the, me. Com- the comedy wasn't great, but like I said, there was some there was enough fun situational elements that that kept me kept me laughing but i think i don't think the writing was great but i felt like martin lawrence pulled all he could out of that <laughs> does that make sense i agree yeah. although it, i would have liked me, it to be funny it did though, throw sure. me for a loop that martin lawrence said he, he like it, 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 he must have said it a dozen times he had a line that where he was like oh and then it, it was like oh no or oh mike like but he said he said the word oh like <laughs> 30 or 40 times and it, at a certain point i'm stunned that they didn't like Call him back in to do some ADR. Like, can you pick a different word here? Because when you when you when you're listening for it, it, it becomes like every other thing he says, and you're like, man, pick a different word here, man. I don't know, maybe that just bothered me, but I noticed. No, that. it's a good one. I agree. One of my favorite one-liners in the movie, and there are they, they took this from Fast. I feel like for sure, and they got to stuff this as many one-liners. Martin Lawrence is like, no, Mike, our job is to protect and serve. And then Mike goes, yeah. I'm about to serve this bitch. <laughs> and he shoots the guy. Uh, well, it's good. Oh, classic. I mean, I, I think I'm kind of split somewhere down the middle. I, I think, like, this movie to me was enjoyable, but I do think it was kind of ultimately forgettable as well. Oh, I agree. Um, I saw it two hours ago, and I've pretty much forgotten most of it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Know. And it's. Yeah. I just kind of feel like in, in a world where, and you can't compare every movie to this, right? But in a world where Mad Max has already come out, and in a movie where... The Fast and the Furious franchise constantly keeps one-upping themselves with the ridiculous stunts. I feel like you can't just do... If you're going to make a movie like this, it's not enough just to bring Martin Lawrence and Will Smith back. You really got to up the stakes and you got to kind of uh, really kind of do some cool filmmaking stuff with some great action. And I thought that all this action was totally fine. It was competent and it was well, you know, it was well shot. I mean, because thank God Michael Bay wasn't behind the camera. But none of it was super memorable. It all just felt kind of generic. Like, yep, okay, there's a car chase. Yeah, here's the shootout. Here's the fist fight. It was kind of like, all right, well, that was that. I felt like they really played it safe with this movie in a lot of areas. I feel like yeah, the I next agree. one is going to be ridiculous. It's going to be insane <laughs> because they know people are going to go see it the first weekend. This one is more of testing the waters on people's general interest in bad boys again. and oh, like whether, Fast and Furious, and maybe the next one will be, be Fast Five, like this is Fast Four. Right, exactly. They came back with yeah, that. Fast yeah. and Furious, right. You're, yeah. you're right. Yeah, that's a good That's a good comparison. But if I feel like they're going to go off the deep end with the next one. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. If they were super ballsy, they'd beat Fast and Furious to the punch, and they would just do bad boys in space. That's got to be the next one. You got to just go, <laughs> go all out, man. Send them Driving up to the, the lunar lander on the yeah. moon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, on the moon. Spinning or just out. go up to the International Space Station and you know, wreak havoc up there. That has to happen. Is Fast coming out next year, Fast 9? No, uh, I think it's this year. I think, I think it's, it's like this, year. Yeah, this year. This year, really? Yeah. I've not heard a Christmas theme that. It's Christmas themed. Oh, because yeah. they they've it's been the shooting. Special. I know they were shooting late last year, so mm-hmm. I suspect they're coming out. Yeah, around Christmas. Uh, this uh, now in twenty twenty. We need to figure that out for the movie draft in a couple of weeks. There's, it's pretty light this year in terms of big movies, and that could that could change things if that's uh, that's in fact the case. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Hold on, fellas, you're forgetting Morbius. Let's. Uh, <laughs> hey, I'm looking at a May twenty. I'm looking at a May twenty twenty release date for fast nine really no trailer oh, really? yet wow yeah maybe super bowl that would probably be that's a very super bully trailer spot yeah, maybe yeah, so for sure and it's justin lynn is back which i forgot about which is really exciting super no exciting, rock though yeah. i know no, no rock but, him and no rock but we do get we do get cena and helen Charlize. 
Yeah, Charlize is back. Cena, if we can see him. If you can see him. That's, yeah. the, that's the gamble you take yeah. when you can't John Cena. Just a floating shirt with a hat. Yeah, floating jorts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sweatbands. Yeah. Neon, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that... that that's going to be good, but I mean, I'm actually excited for another Bad Boys. I never thought I'd say that. A week ago, if you had told me, you're going to like Bad Boys 3 and be excited for the next one, I would have taken that all day. And uh, you know, that, that, to me, that's a huge win coming out of this movie, is the, the fact that, that Will Smith could have something left. Because you know, I've all but given up on the guy. You know, sadly, like I say, it's not his fault in a lot of areas, but I just don't know if the right director could find something for him. And this feels like it. Uh, you know, it's, it's honestly kind of sad because it is returning to the well in a way, but if you're going to return to the well, have it work. And this worked. So I can't blame him. But well, what's if next nothing for else, Well, and if nothing else, this just proved that – Michael Bay is just an obnoxiously aggressive director because, you know, the the formula for the movie still hasn't changed. The chemistry between the actors hasn't changed. But this movie was so much more enjoyable than the first two because it's just not over-edited and shot in that Michael Bay style. And it's like, okay, now we can relax and actually enjoy what these movies probably should have been from the from the jump. It did have the signature Michael Bay camera spin, though, where they yeah. get out of the car and the camera spins around them and... And that, to be fair, that that's a cool shot. shot yeah, it's a great know, shot. And I don't feel like you can do this movie without that. That was the one tribute to him I feel like they did. It was like they had to have that Michael Bay shot where all the buildings are around them and the characters are in the middle and shot from the low angle. I, I, I do like that. But but yeah, man, this was this was fun. I guess we're going to have Will Smith's son in the next one with the way this one ends. <laughs> or he's like recruiting his son to help him with a mission, even though he we murdered all see. these people. Yeah, I mean that's that's they what are they're in fact that they are in fact bad boys. He, it sounds like his son was a very sunglasses on bad boy. <laughs> Nailed it. Let's try mm-hmm. to predict the the title of the next one. I think Shane's got it. Bad boys. Another, another one. Another one. Another one. We the best bad boys. <laughs> um, man, Richard. By the way, he, he, he was actually this. in that movie too. We completely forgot about that. Like DJ Khaled gets his hand all yeah, busted a, up in the movie. He's a butcher. He also <laughs> curated the soundtrack. I saw I have, that, which I have yeah. on vinyl. The soundtrack is so bad. Yeah, I, if bad. you look at it, it's 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 like Pitbull featuring Black Eyed Peas is like the main song on the soundtrack. <laughs> Well, okay, Miami, Miami, Miami something from two thousand. Got to be better Miami music, like more recent Miami. You know what I mean? We'll, well find out at the Super Bowl. If you're gonna call it Bad Boys for Life, you have to put the P Diddy banger somewhere Remix. in the movie. Yeah, it has and to it, be. And it, it wasn't and it in never, there. No, it never even played. I thought I thought it was going to be in the last third act, like the big action scene was going to be well, set to that. John Favreau I, was like, "No, that song is exclusive to Made. You will not." <laughs> Yeah, I, but I thought for sure that was going to be what, what what took the movie out, right? Like when it cuts the credits or whatever, and then it goes. I thought that was going to be it, and they didn't do it. I was like, how do you not put the song in the movie? There's literally the same title. Swing and a miss there, I think. Yeah. So I'm going to go with Bad Boys Forever, maybe? Yeah. For the next one? Bad Boys Forever is good. Bad Boys, yeah. Bad boys till I just, die. Something that, like that. Yeah, till we ride or die. It'll be something. There might be a Z. I mean, ride or die just, is a good one. You you uh, you famously predicted Fate of the Furious on I the did. show, Richard. Years so ahead I feel of like time. you could could well, figure something kids. out here with, with yeah, the fourth one. I, yeah, hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I'm I'm mad. By the way, I'm still mad. It's just Fast and Furious Nine. Is it officially? Yeah. Yeah. Need to be cooler. It's not f- nine of the yeah, scenarios. No. <laughs> no, and it's not nine like the German no. No, <laughs> no, it's not. No. That, that would have been like, cool of it. Like if like they had they, introduced like in Germany, neo Nazis yeah. into it. Yeah, yeah, like they time travel and they're fighting Hitler. <laughs> like, <laughs> Fast and Furious nine. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Oh, that's good. I like that. 
Man, so so anything else that was fun with you or bad that you guys want to point out before I mean, we we'll grade this? The thing? music's bad. The comedy just is is dated in that worst way. It's 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 hyper like persona driven, but you're there. There are enough moments that work, but I think that w- I mean I could not have had more low expectations going into this. So oh, man, this yeah. might be a truly Same. terrible movie, but. The fact that it's not the worst movie I saw in the last two years made me walk out like, oh, Bad Boys, still got it. So I don't know. And hats off to the directors because this isn't a great script. <laughs> you know, it's not like, oh, they right. just they just hung on the strength of the screenplay and that's what worked. It really feels like they overcame a lot of the issues in the screenwriting, like the scene with good boys, good boys. What you gonna do? It doesn't have the same ring. Like those kinds of cheese moments that you probably read on the page, and you're like, "Oh God!" But <laughs> oddly, they work. I don't know what. It's amazing stroke that they had behind the camera that that they were able to pull this thing off. I'm I'm just really impressed with it. So I w- I will say this with with all due respect, who are these directors? Like I'm looking at their list on IMDb, and there's like. Aren't they like Bollywood directors or something? I don't know. I don't really know who they are, but I but like I don't really see anything in their credits that scream like, "Oh, these guys can definitely direct Bad Boys." So I don't know where they, I don't know where they came from. Maybe they're the only ones willing to direct Bad but, Boys. You know what? I'm guessing this kind of stuff sometimes just happens with action movies. They maybe they're music video guys. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't mean where they came from, like their nationality. I just mean no. You do. You were really. You like stuff. to know everyone's ethnicity. <laughs> you require that before you go to the movies. Assign the waiver. Yeah, the. I just want to know how they got on the short list to direct the movie. They did a Wiz Khalifa sure. video, so there you go. That's yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Well, Normally need. that that yeah, and they're they're doing the Beverly Hills Cop four. If that ever happens, we'll see. But uh, yes, yeah. So that normally is a thing that happens to me because I, I do the same thing Shane I go through a director and whenever I don't whenever that happens it's always they come from the world of music videos yeah. which I well, apparently are still so made Michael I, Bay so right. yeah, well, and, I mean a lot of a lot of guys did David Fincher used to direct music videos the heck right? yeah so the awesome ones that, yeah so I, not surprising good for these guys but I remember seeing the as the movie started I thought to myself you know who did direct this movie and then when their names came up I, I was like who <laughs> like I had no clue but Good for them. Good for them. Yeah. Speaking of Beverly Hills Cop 4, I know Coming to America 2 is coming out this year. Yeah, that's but, a Paramount film. But, man, I would love to see Beverly Hills Cop 4. Well, they're going to make it. I, so Paramount had, had, the, had the, or we have the rights to the Beverly Hills Cop franchise, but I guess over the years we just could never really land on a script that Eddie liked or we went through a bunch of different drafts, and I guess that, that recently... I want to say the last three or four months, um, Paramount decided to sell the rights to make Beverly Hills Cop off to Netflix. So they will make a Beverly Hills Cop 4, and it's going to be with Eddie Murphy, but it's going to be a Netflix original production. Gotcha. That makes sense. Because I just don't think we wanted to spend the money on a Beverly Hills Cop 4. I don't know if we just thought it wasn't going to, there wasn't the audience for it or whatever it was going to be. Actually, funny story about Beverly Hills Cop 4. I, I know some. The guys who write, uh, they created this, all those Chicago shows, like Chicago Fire and Chicago PD. Yeah. They, I, I know those guys a Chicago little bit. Chicago Grocery. That was yeah, exactly, favorite. right? Uh, Chicago Optometry, which is mm-hmm. fairly riveting. Those guys were our screeners. They wrote Too Fast, Too Furious. They wrote the movie Wanted. They got hired by Paramount like over a decade ago to write Beverly Hills Cop 4, and they wrote a draft of it. But they were specifically told not to write in any comedy because uh, Eddie was going to come in and do his own comedy bits and he would add all the comedy. So they wrote this kind of, you know, straightforward action script. And then somehow or another it leaked online and everybody was crapping on them. Like, how dare they? They wrote it and it's not even funny. And they got, they were like really like angry because they were like, we were specifically told not to make it funny, but That's you can't, funny. you know. What it's like how the original can- probably was like that too because it was supposed to be for Sly, right? I think Eddie right. did a lot of, you know, so he's probably trying to recreate that same vibe maybe. Yeah, exactly. But they were like, what are we going to do? Start fights with people on the internet? But they yeah. were like, you know, but yeah, people. Well, were you're like fighting their on. battles for them, so that's nice of you. <laughs> yeah. So if you ever read that script from Brant Haas, they were told not to make it funny. Wow, that's amazing. I had no idea. Yeah, Beverly Hills Cop Four has been in the in some stage of development since like the 
mid two thousands, I think, from what I've been told. But I, not not with us anymore. I guess Netflix is going to make it. Famous, uh, I guess, famous story is that Eddie turned down uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit to do Beverly Hills Cop, but he yeah. got the pitch or the idea for that. I was like, I don't, I don't get this at all. Animation, what? And like with live action, that doesn't make sense. Now it's, I mean, obviously those are both two huge iconic movies, but. The only reason he turned it down is because he had already signed on for Beverly Hills Cop. So yeah. we could have seen a, an Eddie and, and that instead of Bob Hoskins, and that would have been interesting. Those two are always, uh, you know, yeah, they're pretty supposed much to be the Nick, same. It was yeah. supposed to be Nick get Nolte. Eddie, you get Bob Hoskins. That, That's that always the thing. Always supposed, the thing. 48 Hours was supposed to be Nick Nolte and Bob Hoskins. <laughs> Made that opening scene weird, but don't worry about it. Yeah, the Nutty <laughs> Professor was supposed to be Bob Hoskins. Mm, it was. Playing all the characters. <laughs> it was. The clumps. It would have been really different. Bowfinger with Steve Martin and Bob Hoskins. Mm-hmm. Here's the two roles. I'm, I'm trying to make the counter joke, and I literally can't think of another Bob Hoskins movie <laughs> other than Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Hook. Oh, oh yeah, he was. A he was uh, Super Mario Brothers. He was Mario. Oh god, that's right. Actually, that would have been a better movie. Eddie Murphy and Luigi. It wouldn't have been worse. <laughs> All right. On that note, let's grade this thing out. I'm going to go, given my expectations for it, I'm going to give it an A minus for. Bad Boys for Life. Oh. Fun one. I, I think I'll watch this one again for sure. Um, this will be a fun rewatch. Have it on the background. Saturday morning on TNT kind of movie and I'm excited about it. I'm excited to see where they go and I hope they don't jump the shark with the Bad Boys 4. Mm-hmm. Not Bad Boys for Life. Bad Boys Forever. 4. Uh, we'll see. Bad Boys Forever. Yeah. So I'll give it an A-. What about you, Richard? I'm going to go C+. It was it was not atrocious, but some of it was was cringy to me a little bit, and it was fine. It was fine, and in, in, keep hitting C pluses to B minuses will, and kind of let's get you back up there. But uh, but yeah, C plus for me. Shane, what about you? I'd give it a solid B, like a, a just straight down the middle. Nothing was a quality of it for me, but nothing was C quality either, like teetering close to failure. So solid B, totally fine, but forgettable. All right, there you go. Bad boys for life. It's now playing, and uh, I think we'll probably be dominating the box office here for the next couple weeks until until we officially move into the big releases of 2020. So, on that note, let's move on and let's hit a quick recommend before we get out of here. Weekly recommends. Okay, Shane, what you got? So I will recommend, uh, actually, a movie that we briefly, briefly touched on earlier uh, in the episode. I went and saw the movie Underwater uh, a couple of days ago as well. And I got to tell you, for a movie that very obviously... Sucks. I guess, well, the word I would use is very obviously borrows from a lot better movies, right? From Alien to Die Hard to a lot of, like, space movies... I would say that overall, I, I enjoyed the movie. Like, I thought it was really well done. The budget for it was $50 million, and that budget went entirely on screen. I thought the set design was cool, and the production, like, the suits that they wear were pretty neat, and the CG was pretty good. So it's not, it's not necessarily a movie I would recommend that you go rush out to see it, but when it hits VOD, I think it's worth your time. I, I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I was going to. Uh, so Underwater, the Kristen Stewart uh, Fox movie. Was my recommend oh, for the cool. Week. How was nice. T.J. Miller? Uh, fine. I mean, he's, you know, l- luckily he uh, uh, has a pretty small role in it. He didn't call a bomb threat into the theater, <laughs> did he, while you were watching it? <laughs> no, not that I'm aware of. I, uh, I said this in the Discord, but I'm not kidding you. This past week, I had a dream that I went and saw Underwater in the theater and walked into the theater, and T.J. Miller was the guy tearing my ticket as I walked in to see it. <laughs> and I thought... <laughs> Wow, things really spiraled out of control, didn't they? Because <laughs> this was shot, I mean, Thunderwater was shot like three years ago or something, and they just now now got it out there, and uh, that was that was a very random dream, but all my dreams are about T.J. Miller anyway, so it's very random. Though. So, erotic. Cool. Uh, yeah, I. Uh, it seems like a movie that would intrigue me. I like monster movies, and I like dumb action movies, so... Yeah, I mean, it's be up my alley. Like, it's a shame that that Fox kind of dumped it because, like I said, while it's not 
while it's certainly not like an, I would give it like a B plus or like an A minus. Like it's not amazing, but like I said, it's a fun way to spend. I'm pretty sure it's like 90 minutes, maybe an hour 40, and it just kind of gets in and out, and it's it's pretty cool. Well, that's good to know. I'll have to check that one out if it's yeah. still playing. Yeah, I like. I think my theater literally had one showing of it. So, but you know what? It's probably going to get pulled so fast that I bet you it'll be on VOD uh, by like mid March. Awesome. Well, I'm looking forward to it. Then I'll have to check it out. Richard, what's your recommend? Yeah, mine's a movie. It's on Netflix, getting some Oscar noms. Various. We haven't really talked about much on the show, but I really enjoyed it. Thought it was really interesting, thought provoking, and uh, nice little movie. It's uh, Two Popes. So. I enjoyed the two yeah, popes. Both the popes. Was great. Mm. Yeah, I love that movie too. Yeah, it's one of my favorites of the year. So we never, we for some reason, you know, this happens on the show because of our rigid anti-Catholic bias. Um, no, I'm kidding. But you know, some movies just slip through the crack, especially this time of year because everything comes out within three weeks of each other, and we really talked about that much. And that's a great little movie, and uh, I'm really excited for all the nominations that I got. And I, I love the filmmaking, and I just thought it was, I thought it was lovely. Yeah, really good, dude. Yeah. Did you hear the funny story about the the trailers with the with the two actors? No. So contractually, uh, Anthony Hopkins and Jonathan Price were supposed to get the same size trailer, but mm-hmm. at the last minute, Jonathan Price demanded to get a smaller trailer because that's what Pope Francis would have done. Oh yeah. So he spent the entire production just rubbing on Anthony Hopkins' face that's that hilarious. he he was more humble because he got a smaller trailer. That's awesome. That is yeah. funny. He's great, and the actor that plays young Pope Francis is really good, too. Yeah, very much so. That's a good recommend, and that one, will, that one, yeah, that one will be in, in uh, like you said, in the awards conversation, so that's one you can still watch over the next yeah. few weeks and and uh, really still, still kind of hear about, so definitely make sure you do that before the Oscars. Um, I recommend, there's a documentary, I love documentaries about making movies. If If anyone ever has one about how movies are made, the process of them. I love those. So definitely tweet tweet those to me or send send us an email with recommends of those. But this one, I, I just checked out. It's called Making Waves. It came out in yeah. 2019. Have you seen this, Shane? I actually, the, the, the sad thing is I have not yet because I don't know if it's out yet. I mean, obviously it is. You mm-hmm. saw it. Um, but no, I've been wanting to see that movie. Um, because it's a fascinating subject to me. Yes. So it's called Making Waves, The Art of Cinematic Sound. And it's just about sound in movies, exactly what it sounds like. And they interview a lot of people in this, mainly some, some great sound designers of the time, some people who have really, you know, Steven Spielberg, uh, George Lucas, Ang Lee, Christopher Nolan, Sofia Coppola, the pe- some people that have really gotten how sound works in movies and and it just really explains the difference between sound editing and sound mixing which we don't step on it (laughs) yeah which we we go over every single year so if you're one of the listeners that always is confused by that you can definitely check this out but uh, you know you you really you know sound is something that you really if it's done well you shouldn't really notice it because it's it really puts you in the world, but at the same time, they, they show several examples in the, in this documentary of what would that be without sound? You know, it's just amazing the the difference that like a Jurassic Park has because of the sound, or a Star Wars that has because solely because of the sound, or a Saving Private Ryan, right? Or even a Lost in Translation, where where Scarlett Johansson is walking through Japan, and it's this atmosphere of japan you know and all that kind of stuff is so important and is often overlooked much like scores and they go over scores here too and all the elements of sound when it comes to actors dialogue when it comes to atmosphere when it comes to foley you know it comes to adr all the all the elements that they have to capture and and mix into one (laughs) cohesive thing is is truly mind-blowing and this does a good job of just highlighting that and those people and what what the sound industry is about in Hollywood, and it's often overlooked. But like I said, this is a this is a great documentary in terms of just giving you a perspective on how all that is done and the people that make it happen, and get very little appreciation or credit for it along the way. Out, you know, unless you do something like a Ben Burt and and it literally invents science fiction 
filmmaking with your sounds, you know, essentially with what he did with Star Wars. And so, you know, there are, are obviously monumental cases along the way, but, but oftentimes the sound is often overlooked in movies. And uh, this, this will give you a good chance to appreciate what those people do. So highly recommend this documentary. It's called Making Waves, The Art of Cinematic Sound. It, it really reminded me of that movie Score uh, that, that Shane and I really, really liked uh, from 2017, the one about film music. So it's along that same lines, uh, but it's definitely right up the alley of the people that would listen to this show. And uh, I would highly recommend checking that out. Making Waves, The Art of Cinematic Sound is the documentary good good to know that it's out and available now because i just had not gotten a chance to see it yet but now that i know that i'll probably go buy that tonight i'll have to i'll have to hook you up with that shane i already bought it and i'll I'll have to uh figure out a way to get you a copy of it so nice very nice i owe you that for for pinch hitting for brian so thanks again shane for being here as always and always always a pleasure yeah we'll count count on you to be here for the birds of prey episode if not sooner should anything come up but uh, until then, you can find Shane on our Discord. He's Batman Shane on the Discord channel for the VIPs. Uh, Richard, where can we find you? You can find me in that very Discord or on any social media at Richard Barden. Kent, where can I find you? You can find me on any social media at Kent Garrison. And uh, definitely tweet us at Matt About Movies. Follow us. Send us an email. Let us know what you thought of Bad Boys for Life or any other movies that you might have seen this year. We're going to wrap up 2019 with our personal lists coming up next week. But after that, the only other time we'll talk about this past year is at the Oscars. So hopefully we'll move fully on into 2020 as we go. Thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe. Leave us five stars if you like what you hear on the podcast platform of your choice. And until next time, we'll see you at the cinema. Goodbye. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scratch.